So welcome to another episode of Merge Extra. I'm excited about today's episode. Today we have a financial fraud expert. I'm going to read his official title because I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, Haytham is currently the Associate Vice President of Fraud Risk Management Department in one of the local banks. He's also a certified fraud examiner and board member of Association of Certified Fraud Examiners in Oman. And he is a financial crime educator who holds many professional certifications in areas of financial crime risk management, uh, including anti-money laundering and crime pre- financial crime prevention. So after that introduction, Haytham, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Okay. I'm, I'm excited because I personally have many questions when it comes to financial fraud. But before we get into the questions, maybe define what financial fraud is. So I'll start with defining fraud is. So okay. unlike unlike errors and mistakes, mm-hmm. financial fraud is intentional and deliberate act that could cause damage or loss okay. to another individual or entity. So and financial fraud or fraud in general, there are three types of fraud. So internal fraud that happens within an organization that employee does some act within the organization. Mm-hmm. There is another type, which is external fraud, which means an internal party does fraud to an organization. It could be somebody's trying to hack the, the, their systems. And then we have the third, third type, which is collusion. When two people collude, could be one from internal and one from external, try to collude and, for example, benefit from that act by forging documents, hacking their systems, and many more. Okay, the last example. So, for example, it's like someone wants to do a financial crime and he gets someone from the bank to help him. Like, this would be an example? Not necessarily from the bank, from any institutions, I would say. Um, the third one could be somebody's trying to um, acquire somebody within the bank or within that institutions to help him out. Let's say, for example, hmm. um, somebody's trying to benefit from a deal within that organization, let's say okay. a contract. So he knows somebody from that organization and mm-hmm. he contacts that person. So he say, uh, we want to win that contract. How about you getting a 500 real? as a bribe or as a gift to maybe pass that contract to us. So Uh, you have two people, one colluded, exactly. One is within the organization and the other is outside. Okay, I have a question that's a bit... Now, would people actually do something that's this illegal for just 500 riyals? Have you ever seen that? I mean, we see a lot of cases that could... Go be, I mean, could go lower than that amount as so well. So people have done really illegal financial uh, fraud. Uh, of course, for lower than five hundred. For 500, lower yes. than that amount, yes. Really? Yes. I feel like it's such a small amount to risk going to jail for. You're absolutely right. You're gonna hear people are taking just fifty real, Oof. thinking that they're gonna pay it tomorrow, and eventually that will be discovered. And once it's discovered, I mean, the case goes to the court, and you know, the rest. Jail, (laughs) probably. Okay, is it? Are there a lot of financial fraud cases here in Oman? Do you come across many? I would say I would say there are, there are cases which are reported. Okay. There are cases which are settled within their organizations. Um, When I say settled, 
it could be not actually reported unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, in the past it used to be ha- it used to happen that some organizations are not reporting their actual um, frauds so the internal fraud yeah the internal fraud what happens they try to settle it within their parties within their employees and ask the employee to leave their organization but nowadays we we are seeing statistics from the authorities where uh, there the numbers are I would say not majority are from fraud, financial fraud but we we have bounce check for example okay. somebody's trying to issue a check knowing that the check is insufficient but he's trying to issue it because he's trying to you know manipulate with that uh, act hmm. what are the common cases of financial fraud that you've seen here in Oman um, I would say if we don't talk about external fraud or fraud that happens to the public, let's say. Hmm. Uh, one of the things we always hear, and I'm not sure, Liana, have you ever received a call oh. or message, somebody uh-huh. trying to pretend that they are from, from the banks bank. or government? Yes. These are a common type of fraud that happens. So what happens? You receive a call. Uh, somebody is claiming to be um, from, the bank. from the bank or from any telecom communication company asking you to share some details, telling you and advising you that you won a prize. And in, in order to get that prize, you have to share your bank, you have to share your bank or, details. Or, oh, your bank card is blocked. That's absolutely uh-huh. another so example. So please give me your details so I can unblock your card. Yeah, but, but that, in that example, you won't be receiving a call. You will be receiving an SMS mm-hmm. or a WhatsApp message saying that in case you wanted your bank card not to be blocked and to be activated, then just reach out to this number. So what usually people do is they call that number thinking that this is a bank or a telecom or whatever institution. Okay, so how do we know that it's a fraudster and not the actual bank? Like, how can we tell? Very good question. I would say you have red flags that you need to watch out, be Mm -hmm. careful. Uh, banks and telecom company won't ask you for personal details outside their official um, channels. When I say official channels, I mean your visit to the branch, your visit to their showroom, to, to their uh, offices. So never uh, over the phone. Over the phone, you won't you won't be asked like OTP number, for example. Okay. Yeah, your your car details, your card number, mm-hmm. your CVV, for example. The, the three digits at the back of your card. Mm-hmm. That co- that's a very secure number. Nobody knows it except the card holder. So in that case, um, banks and institutions in general won't ask you uh, to share that information. And in case they do, that will be through their official channels. That okay. could be their call center when you call them, not okay. the other way around. So if it's the official bank number you know you're safe. However, if it's an outside number. I, I would I would maybe put a disclaimer here. Okay. Because in the past, we used to see um, cases of, um, uh, I would say, companies, um, calls that people make using uh, spoofing um, technologies. What's spoofing? So what is spoofing? So let's say, for example, Liana, if I call you from Oman Mm -hmm. and from my number, you're going to see my caller ID number, right? Which is my number. And the code, which is plus 
968, the mm -hmm. country code. If they use a spoofing tool, let's say outside the country, and they try to pretend that they are calling from an institution, they can do that. So the number that comes up on your phone would be a different a number? A different number, as if they are oh. calling from uh, a legitimate government entity or a bank or, or could be um, an institution that you oh. had business with or you know this is the rare, their number. Hmm. But I would say something. A very, we are very lucky here in Oman that we have our telecom regulators okay. uh, who had worked very hard to block those tools, um, whether in Android or the iOS uh, Apple Store. So cases of that are very minimal. I would say minimum to, mini, minimal to zero cases that you have. such as, But there is a possibility of that happening. Okay. So... So try not to give your details, details over the phone anyway, anyway. because you never know. Even mm. if it looks like an official number, true, and it's not likely to happen here in Oman, it could happen. Happen. It okay. could happen. Okay, so that's one way to be yes. careful in this. Yes. Okay, what's another kind of another? I would financial say another, another kind of fraud, and especially today, um, talking about investments. And I'm not an investment uh, financial planner, but I would okay. say a lot of people get into online investment into crypto into you know uh, different cryptocurrencies they are not aware whether they are investing their funds into a legitimate websites so they end up mm -hmm. um, investing in a website where they pay them they promise that they want to pay them very high returns at the first few months and then after a few months when they Filled with that funds, they're going to just close up and they run away. And then eventually they're going to open another website. Do the same thing Do all over same, again to different exactly. victims. How can, we, how can we tell that this is not a legitimate place for me to invest you, my money you, in? You can always tell that, that if this is a legitimate um, deal or not a legitimate. There are red flags that you need to watch out. Okay. So the first red flag, if there is... Uh, very high return. If they, are, if they are promising a very high return for you, mm -hmm. let's say for for example, if you are, if they are saying invest one thousand, and you will be getting hundred real every month. That's okay. one. The second thing, if they are linked, they are linking their investment into um, helping. I mean, asking you to help them to run that investment, and that we call it prime. Uh, we call it um, pyramid uh, fraud type, which which happens okay. that uh, you ask, for example, you get into the founder of that investment, opens the investment, and then recruits additional two members. So these two members, when when they want to be in mm. this investment uh, portfolio, they have to contribute, let's say, hundred real each to be a member of this investment. So this founder will take 200. And in order for these two to benefit from this investment, the founder will ask them to recruit additional members. So they have to recruit members in okay. order to earn from that investment. So okay. these two have to recruit additional, each two, in order to get the funds back, mm -hmm. the investment that they made, and they make profit for it. And this is another, I would say, illegal case. Uh, illegal. This is, is this always illegal? 
or are there because I, I it seems like a blurred line okay because i've seen personally like i have been approached in a way where they made it sound like it's legal and everyone's doing it i didn't i didn't get into anything okay, but I'm, just, i'm putting that as a disclaimer that's good because it seemed too uh Too good to be true. No, astaghfirullah, they look like a cult. I and mean, I don't know how to explain it, but the, the yes. way they look, like, let everyone join, you know, the, that kind of thing true. looked scary to me. I mean, like, hello, talk normally, you true. know. But what they, but the concept was exactly what you had mentioned, you know. You pay a certain amount to get in. And now the more people you get, the more you earn. And yeah. each person will have to pay. And eventually all the money goes like up, up, up. It goes To True. the person at the top because he recruited you, you recruited them and all that. Exactly. But there's like, a, what I noticed is that the people who get into this have like a desperation to get more people. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a. Because, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because yeah. what happens, the founder has to, has to have, has to pay paid a certain amount whenever a new recruiter joins the investment. Let's say, for example, we have recruited two members. Mm-hmm. Each has paid 100 real. And they have to recruit additional four in total, two, two, each two. So when they recruit, they have to pay 100 each, right? So this 400 goes back to the, f- the new members and to the founder. So every time new members get added, the people on the top get more get and more, more and, and more. So this is eventually, this is not an investment. Yeah, right? and it's Because something you're stuck they, with. They don't have a product. They don't have a service that they are offering. And in fact, they have a complex structure of commission because everybody is earning something. And in case if you want to earn something, you have to bring more people. What about the ones that are actually selling products? Because there is a company that I know of that is actually selling a product. Um, we have, I, I mean, I personally been approached by a company, by people who asked me to purchase or to join their investment by purchasing a nutrition kit. Okay, uh, I think that, we're talking about the same one. Yeah, <laughs> so a nutrition okay. kit that costed around $500 to $600 at that time. And, I mean, if I've been onboarded to that investment, the person who onboarded me will be getting a commission. Hmm. And as if they are working with that company, right? So... And in order for me to earn, I have to recruit someone additional else. someone else. So this is goes on and on. So, so even this no is illegal when they're actually selling a product. Is the, this also considered illegal? This is this is not this. They, they try see they try to link it with the product. A product. Okay. In this case, um, in Oman, we don't allow that. So even that here is prohibited. It is prohibited. We don't allow that. Okay. Because, because <laughs> I mean, the price of that product is not actually there. What they're saying. They're like they're saying, over-exaggerating Exaggerating it. that more. The second thing, you have a very complex um, uh, structure of commissions that being paid to the previous members, right? Mm-hmm. So, till the founder of that business or the investment, which is which is not to be the case. I mean, the other thing is that... Um, um, the high retains that they promise you at the beginning of the investment you don't see that of course they won't, you won't see that okay. and eventually you're going to see this collapse because they have to recruit people Sorry. if they stop recruiting people the, the people at the top won't be getting anything right mm-hmm. in this module 
Okay, so the whole model is built on consistently recruiting. recruiting. Once recruiting exactly. stops, everything, falls, everything apart. falls apart. So if anyone wants to get into a pyramid scheme, they should keep that in mind. That exactly. If this stops, everything, everything. else, your all your money is gone. Gone. Okay. Yeah. It's, and I want to yeah. give you an example that happened last year. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you heard it. Uh, the Z Media. I, I heard it. Can you explain that? Yeah. So Z okay. Media is a company that they... Um, ask people to join their investments. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you want to invest in that company um, and be a member and a sort of an employee, you have certain activities that you need to do. So you invest, you deposit a small amount. Okay. And in order to earn money from that investment, you have to do certain activities or tasks that is assigned to you based on the amount that you have invested. Let's say if you have invested $21, $50, you have a certain task that you do every day. Task like what, for example? Let's say. So the first task would be liking or sub- subscribing to their social media channels okay. like TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. And whenever you um, subscribe, you need to like that um, content, for example, any content, okay. and take a picture of it and upload it to that platform. And once you upload that to the platform, you will be earning $1 for each task, for example. Okay. So the more tasks you do, the more you earn. Okay, and they would do that for like marketing purposes? Like the more you the post that? Perfect. So uh-huh. the object, there are two objectives in that. The first thing, they ask you to do that because they want to make earnings from the advertisement and okay. then the social media likes because the more likes and uh, comments and subscription, the benefits that they get from that. The second thing, they, they need to do it because they want to delay uh, paying you back the amount that you have invested, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you have invested more than the amount that you will be earning. You have invested $21, let's say, and you're earning $1 per a task. Okay. Which will take time for them to, you know, recover the amount to you back. So this is another case that happened in Oman last year, I would say. Has there been an example of people who have invested in Z Media and lost everything? Uh, we have we have heard it in the social media uh, where uh, people tweeted that they have lost funds, and there were people who discussed about it hmm. that they were part of the uh, Z Media. And one fine day, they open the platform and the platform is not working. Actually, okay. the platform itself was not registered in an Android and um, iOS? iOS platform. So this was outside these tools. So it was sort of a free uh, application that they used outside this uh, main authenticated uh, stores. Okay. Okay, this is interesting. Lena, this is one of these financial fraud schemes that's difficult because of the complicated structure that they use. True. Okay, another thing that I find like difficult to understand is money laundering. Okay. One of your areas of expertise, I believe. True. So can you... I don't think a lot of people actually know what money laundering means. But can you True. maybe briefly like define or describe what money laundering is? So very briefly, I would say... That money comes from illegal source and gets into a uh, financial system. So to simplify that, source of funds that are received... Like drugs, for example? From drugs, from okay. any illegal activity, 
mm-hmm. are tried to be entered into the financial system. Okay, as like we have taken this money in a legal way? Legal way. way. So when, what happens if this source, if these funds are coming from, let's say, drugs or mm-hmm. any illegal activity, the person tries to enter it in the financial bank. institutions, let's okay. say banks, and then using the bank to layer that funds and launder that funds as if uh, uh, l- to make it look like it's a clean fund. So what they do is they try to purchase lands. They, they pr- try to, to Does the bank ask them where did you get the money to purchase course, that land? The bank, the, banks, the bank has a right to ask them. And um, the, the regulations in Oman are very clear in terms of um, asking them these type of questions. And um, there, is a, there is a clear policies, there is a clear um, uh, law in the country about money laundering. Okay. It's layered. It's a layered issue. Yeah. How do you even begin to investigate something like this? How do you doubt, for example, what, what would make you suspicious that, okay, this person might be يعني, committing money laundering? So, I, I, I want to say you have a customer profile, right? You mm-hmm. know that this customer um, earns 500 real. From his da- salary, for, his monthly salary. salary, okay. And eventually, he receives a lot of funds okay. in the account. That's one of the red flags or or The telltale signs, Yani. S- yeah. Okay. The second thing would be somebody um, making a lot of cash deposits. Okay. You don't know where is these funds are coming from, right? So these are, you know, examples, I would say, that financial institutions has to look at when it comes to money laundering. Because there are a lot of typologies, typologies and scenarios where money laundering can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily through cash. It could be through any other assets. It could be from a cash, from a purchase of lands and then selling that lands to another person. With the with not exactly the same amount, right? Okay, like for example, you bought the land for twenty thousand, and you sell it to someone for forty. You can do that because you, because you can either lower the the amount or increase the amount. Why would someone lower the amount? Perfect. If you if you lower the amount, mm-hmm. which means that you're trying to, if you lower the amount, let's say you try to. Um, show that this is um, a transaction that is done legitimately and you're trying to enter these funds to the system. Let's say, for example, um, besides the lands, I would say purchase of goods. Okay. Yeah. And we have heard of goods that are sold for a very minor, um, small amount, let's say 100 pesos, 300, 500 pesos. And they're actually not 100, 300 or 500 pesos, they're actually more than that, right? Okay. So this is one of the examples where people try to lower the price, lower the uh, the price in order to inject more money to the bank, right? So okay. they have goods that they sold, they bought from, they bought from, uh, from the source of illegal sources. Uh-huh. And this funds, when these funds, if they sell this amount, if they sell this item with the exactly the same um, price, 
the amount they're going to deposit at the, at the bank will look suspicious, right? Okay. So instead of one million that getting s- deposited in the bank, it's better that I lower it, lower the price to get maybe hundred thousand. And for me, hundred thousand is much better than nothing. getting nothing. Okay, I'm gonna rephrase what you said to see if I understood it and tell me if, if what Please. I understood is sah. Please. Okay, so now this person has gathered a large amount of money illegally. Yes. And he wants to cover that up. Yes. So what he does is he'll, for example, buy some goods with yes. that money and then he'll resell it at a lower price just so that he can show the bank, see, I got this money by selling my selling. product. Exactly. Okay, so the because, purpose because is to show like... That's okay. one one of the reasons because what happens, you get asked by by banks and financial institutions about your source of funds, right? Okay, how did you so, make this money? Exactly. Okay. If you go back, where did you get funds to purchase these goods? That will be the next question, okay, right? So investigators would look into the back For steps. Back yani. steps to okay. it. So to oh, avoid that. Oh, that's so that, interesting. Yeah, that's so why people get away with it for years. Yes. Like the big cases we hear, like Madre, I don't want to start mentioning names, but yes. like many big cases that we hear, it's like they've been investigated for years before they were true. able to get caught. True, true. Because f- I would say financial crime um, cases will take years to discover. Uh, because you need to go back, and the moment you go back, it, it is very complicated to establish whether there was an actual um, fraud or actual money laundering or any breaches of sanctions or any sort of financial crimes. So going back will take time. Hmm. There are consequences for this Definitely. in general. Definitely. Okay, like, can you briefly maybe, like, what are examples of some of the consequences people can get if they get caught in a financial fraud from anything from bounce checks to money laundering to I would say this is more of a legal thing but okay. as a as a as a General. financial fraud anti-financial fraud expert I would say the the penal code criminalizes all type of frauds and depending on the type, severity yeah okay. depending on the type of fraud and the funds involvement and other things that they look at the punishment of um, the punishment and fines are, you know, imposed. So it it, it could include jail, of course. Okay, so many times, like someone would do a financial crime, something small, yeah, and they can end up in jail for years because of, of this. Course. So if it's established established financial crime, including fraud and money laundering, uh, the the Omani uh, penal code is very clear. Mm-hmm. It cr- cr- criminalizes, criminalizes it. All, okay. all type of this. So it's not worth it, Yanni. For quick money that many people do just... Yeah, yeah. the calls. Well, let's stop the calls. The it calls, mal. Madam, your card is blocked. True. <laughs> A lot of these, True. like, there's so many right now. Like, you, you report one number, they come up with 50 different numbers. True. But True. Like, if any of you are watching this, please stop calling us. You're going to go to jail. <laughs> That's, like, the number one thing I would like to get True. established. Advance in technology, credit cards, online shopping, all that stuff. Many of us engage in that and then we do a save card for future use, you know, so you don't have to put in your card details every single time you order. Some of us order food, some of us order, which is like almost a daily thing. You know, some of us order other stuff from websites where we're used to ordering. We don't want to continuously put our card. There have been times where these platforms get hacked. And our information gets stolen. How do we protect ourselves from that? 
Very good question. I would say there are risks associated with saving your cards at any platform that you do. Okay. Um, when I say saving your card means you're, you're, you're open yourself, your card details to hackers and scammers, as you rightly mentioned. And to avoid that, don't save your details. because. So every single time you use the platform, you put in your perfect. card details. That would be a good idea to, to do that. Okay. Although maybe we haven't heard of big companies um, getting their platform hacked. hacked or breached. Okay. But we also have seen cases where or known that there are possibility of this happening. So at the end of the day, I would say it's better not to save it because it's just uh, less than a minute that takes you to enter the card details each time. Okay. Yeah. So the the save your card for future use option and it should be avoided if possible if for possible. this reason. Yeah. Okay. What and else? speaking about cards, I think it's it's important that the audience as well knows that card fraud is increasing because if you share there there are two scenarios hmm. that card fraud normally happens. Uh, one scenario, if um, somebody calls you okay. and um, voluntarily you share your details, including your CVV and OTP and everything, mm-hmm. and then you end up losing your money. Here, you have a liability. The liability is on the cardholder. That loss is on the cardholder. Whereas the second scenario, if you have established or identified that there is a transaction that happened through your account. That was not made by you? Not made by you, exactly. Uh Which is unauthorized or unknown transaction Mm -hmm. to you. In that case, what you need to do is raise a dispute to your bank. To the so bank they can that block your card. So that first, you b- they block your card. Okay. The second thing they, they do, they're going to raise that dispute to their um, the payment brand systems, which is, for example, Visa, MasterCard, or any um, card that you are using. Mm-hmm. They're going to approach that institutions, and they try to get um, your funds back. Oh, if, so, so y- there is if, a possibility if, for your funds to come back. Yeah, if in case... Uh-huh. This is an authorized transaction and you haven't voluntarily shared any details and they have discovered this is an unsecured transaction for the bank, they can help you out to reach to, to the payments uh, payment brand through the payment brands to help you out to get you to get the funds back. So there is a possibility mm-hmm. of that scenario happening in case you haven't voluntarily shared your data. Okay. So you should always report it, Yani. And you and you be, should you should be all you should always report it, regardless if you have shared it, mm-hmm. if you have shared your details or you haven't shared it. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because if you shared it, you need to report to the bank. You need to change the card mm-hmm. first of all and then get your card replaced and then you can report to the bank that you made a loss. The bank might not be able to help you, but you will be notifying the bank. Yeah. In the other scenario, if you have never shared the details, you have backed by chargeback right because there is a visa regulations. There is a brand payment regulations like Visa and MasterCard help you out for an unauthorized transactions if those transactions are not made by you and you haven't shared your CVV, your OTP, and your um, you know sensitive details. Okay. 
Okay, so again, keeping on the same topic of advance of technology, like Methodan, now we have cards, now we have these different platforms platforms where you can potentially be a victim of financial fraud. New ways or new methods of stealing from people are coming up. As a financial fraud expert, how do you keep up with it and how do you keep the public aware of Methylen, a new method of financial fraud that's coming up? I think what we do as a financial fraud experts, mm-hmm. we read, we attend um, seminars, we talk with different uh, experts um, in the same area outside our country. Okay. Uh, when we get associated by sharing reports, again, not confidential reports, but we share uh, any modus operandi that happened in their jurisdictions, they can share it with us. So a and lot of knowledge sharing knowledge between sharing. you guys. Okay. And that happens through conferences, uh, very uh, customized programs that um, sometimes delivered by experts. Hmm. And I, I think it's worth mentioning that we have association like certified fraud examiner associations where they also publish reports okay. of new trends and new methods of fraud happening. And here in Oman, we also do have a chapter. Um, and through chapter, we do raise awareness to the public. To what, um, so what is this exactly? So it's like a... So we, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiner, where I am a member of it, okay. is a U.S.-based. We do have a small office here in Oman, mm-hmm. and that office is under the sponsorship of the College of Banking and Financial Studi- Studies. Okay. In this chapter, what we do is we raise awareness to our members and to our public through uh, flyers, to the social media, posters, and we're also working, uh, we're, we also deliver um, um, uh, webinars um, and sometimes um, yearly um, seminars. So through these platforms, we share knowledge to the public. And the other uh, good thing is that we are here. We are sharing media. some, uh, the media plays um, a significant lo- ro- role in terms of uh, sharing knowledge to the public and um, including the social media. Okay. Do you find that it's easy? So, for example, one of the reasons I went into asking you about money, money laundering is because before you came in, I asked a number of people, like, money laundering is something we hear, like, every day. It's in the news. It's in movies. We watch it. It's in everything. So I asked them, like, do you know what money laundering is? I can guarantee you, like, half of them did not know what money laundering actually is. A lot of people have that I know personally have fallen into the credit card fraud. Mal. Oh, your bank card is blocked. Here you go. You know, despite your awareness campaign stuff, it's still p- many people still fall into it, especially when it's a new method. You know, True. like now we're, we're talking about this, for example, the calls, the different methods and everything. This is something that, OK, maybe now it's been here for a while. People can are kind of aware that, OK, this is one of the tricks. Do you find that it's easy to spread the awareness when it's a new method that hasn't been done before to tell the public? Like, do you find that I they mean, listen? Yani? I would say fraudsters are asking. ahead of everything that we okay. try to do. So every time you but figure try, something out, they try they something try new. to do something. But despite saying that, um, the technology itself, sometimes I would say technology is um, a double... Uh, edge sword, edge sword mm-hmm. for 
financial fraud. It's good that we have technology. We um, accelerated the transformation, digitalization. People use online banking and all of that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, the, the they can can be misused, right? For example, so the, high, voice, higher the voice no, the voice note that I have received, for example, uh-huh. can be cloned and can be used through a different different platforms, right? Okay. As if um, as if uh, you made a transaction. Let's say, for example, in some countries. They have this chat boot. Okay. Right? They have call boots. Mm-hmm. Right? And if let's assume somebody calls you and you are you are a member of that uh, institution, let's say mem- you have an account with that particular bank, not in Oman, but I'm saying outside Oman. Okay. And um, they have your voice notes. They can clone that voice note and use it as affirmation to selling a product or accepting that you are uh, purchasing a product or issuing a credit card or, uh, you know, sort of affirmation or a response that they can use. Okay. Uh, I, would, I would maybe like to give you an example of a few years ago, we have heard of um, a scam called Can You Hear Me? Okay. So, Can You Hear Me is a scam that happened outside the country where you receive a call uh-huh. and you pick up the phone and you hear nothing, silence. And then you hear a girl lis- is asking you, can you hear me? And you say yes. And that yes is used as an affirmation into any other platforms um, so they try to use. They know that they are, you are dealing with 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 one of their, let's say, financial institutions, and they have your details. They use your voice. Oh, because you said yes. To complete the transaction, right? Because uh-huh. the voice recognition plays a role. So that's another side of the technology, right? Oof, they're smart. <laughs> the technology is good to use. Uh-huh. But we need to be very careful in terms of how and when and to whom we are using this technology. So the voice note itself, for example, the voice note that you're sending through WhatsApp, that's that can be used hmm. also. Okay, that's a very interesting example. Do you have any more examples of financial fraud cases? Do you have anything local maybe? I think the most common thing uh, we've heard is um, some Somebody trying to pretend that they're from official um, entities like banks and all of that. This is most of the, you know, I would say common fraud case that happens in the country. Um, We've heard of forgery. We have heard of misuse of positions. Forgery like? uh, Forgering some documents. Okay. So, for example, uh, in a company, Methelen, someone forges their name. Somebody tries to forge a document, forge a check, a temporary check, for example, um, sign on a check. We have heard of, have you heard of, um, what's that, ink? What's The that? magic ink. The, with the pen that you can erase? Yes. Okay. It, or automatically gets erased. Okay, explain. So this is, uh, this is one of the common fraud that happened or method. Mm-hmm. used by fraudsters in i would say in asia including india and other countries where 
um, you you are asked to sign a document, right? And you sign a document and you write on the document, let's say that document is a check mm. or any payment instruction. And you write, you sign on the document using their pen and you write the amount. What they do is they write the amount with the magic ink and then once you go and leave that office, they change the amount. So I wanted to give them like 10 reals and they wanted a million. They just they changed it just to change a million. They just changed it to a million or 1,000. Well, so that's, Allah, but that's genius. Yeah, so <laughs> okay. that's that's another way. So that's that's why you need to be very careful when you sign documents. You should be using your own pen. pen. Uh, especially if you're you're into deals and contracts. Wow. Yeah. Any other? The other thing, uh, especially we are in vacation, and I'm I'm sure there are our listeners, uh, our audience are going to to vacations. Um, I would say ATM fraud. The ATM fraud also could happen to our local residents. In case if you're traveling outside mm. and you want to withdraw money, just make sure that your machine that you're using is in in a, a city or in a place that's appropriate place. It's not in a place where you suspect. Um, watch out if there is a device installed in that machine. Really? Yes. So it could so be. It could be that some some in some cases, especially ATM fraud happens when uh, a device in is, is installed in that machine. And these banks, especially, they don't have the mechanism to detect or detect. detect such a devices. So, so, so you what would the solution up, be? You end up using, although you are protected, but you you end up using their um, machine, their ATM. What happens when you enter the pin? Hmm. There is a camera that captures the pin, and there is a reader that reads your card details. So they have the card details, they have your PIN, they can issue a, a card, a counterfeit card. But the good news is that in Oman, the the cards are chip-based. Okay. Right? And this is not everywhere. This is just here in Oman? The No, the majority of countries, they have chip-based chip cards. Based, but a few countries, they still haven't implemented the, the chip-based uh, cards. Card. Okay. Uh, the the advantage of using chip card you need to the card to be present first and then the chip is a secure hmm. uh, tool that is um, imposed in the card so this is one of the um, things you should be careful should about be careful but then about. okay how would I be careful so I'm traveling I want to withdraw money from an ATM. This is a different country. How do I know which is a good ATM, which you, you, isn't? You can withdraw from airports. You can withdraw from, as I stated, you can withdraw from uh, any ATM. Just be careful which ATM you're withdrawing from. If it's uh, not in this a suspicious is place, yani? Exactly. Okay. Uh, whether this is actually an ATM. Okay. Right? Because yeah. there are could be could be a machine that is there but which is actually not an ATM, which is not belonging to a to bank, the, okay. right? Just looks like it looks like a, a ATM. Okay. In that case, you need to be very careful which ATM machine you're actually using, right? So, uh, where where exactly you're um, withdrawing cash? Okay. 
is important for important you to be careful you about. To be careful about. Well, I'm smiling because you are about to to do that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even. Okay, so like for example, there are certain types of financial fraud that mm. many of us are aware of, but some of the things you mentioned now, like the can you hear me, like the ATM, these yes. are things I've never heard of. You know, so it gets scary thinking. And uh, you could be. Everyone thinks, you know, I'm too smart to fall and for this, but but they can get you in different ways. Of course, you know, and, and speaking, I didn't know that. And speaking about, can you hear me? Uh huh. I mean, in today's um, technology, for example, the artificial intelligence can be used in favor of that. Uh, they can use the artificial intelligence in terms of creating a voice note. Oh. Right. Yes. Of you. If they have a smaller version of your voice note, they okay, can do so that. Okay, so they can even make it sound like you're saying things that you've never said never using said. your voice. Of course, that's that's the use of artificial intelligence. If they can, if they they want to use it, they can use it. Okay, I'm gonna go back to one thing: the credit card. Someone using your credit card, for example. Sometimes it's very obvious a huge transaction has been made in your name. Okay, and you know that you have not done that transaction. Okay, it's easy to catch. You call the bank, cancel my card, someone's using it. What if your card has been compromised, but it's... How can you know that your card's being compromised if that didn't happen, if a huge transaction did not happen in your name? Is there a way for me to tell that, oh, my card is hacked, or someone has my card details or something like that? I I would say um, maybe you won't be able to know it immediately. Okay. But if you you can do few things that help you out to you know protect yourself from um, being uh, or falling a victim of card fraud, for example. Uh, the first thing you need to be regularly reviewing your bank statement or credit. So card we should be looking at our bank statements at least once a month. Okay. Whether you have done this transaction and whether because what happens if you want to dispute and you think that you can. Uh, dispute of a tr- an unauthorized transaction, mm-hmm. you have a, p- a certain period where you can um, contact the bank. What's that period? So, let's say, for example, 30 days. Oh, so it's, 30, so it's just like a month? 30 days um, that you can do. Okay. It's not exactly 30 days, but I don't recall the number. But the, it's not the, a huge amount of time. It's not a, mo- a huge amount of time. Okay. Even your bank statement, in the bank statement, it says that you have certain days um, if you have any suspicious, you can report, right? Your bank statement says that as well. Okay. So looking at the bank statement is one. The second thing you can do is look at or enable your um, SMS and email uh, options where you receive notifications. Every single time, Every the, time the card is used. Every time the card is used, you receive an SMS notification or even email notification. In case you're outside the country, you're going to receive both. Okay. Yeah, so make sure that your rooming uh, internet option is enabled on uh, so that you receive notification if you are abroad. Yeah, so those are the two things that you can do. And the third thing is don't shop or use the card in suspicious websites. Websites. Mm -hmm. And if you are... if you think that you you will be using your cards in one website that you are suspecting of, then I would suggest maybe use a card with a very small amount in it, right? Like you can take a prepaid card of or an internet card and put a turn real, for example, and do the shopping. Mm-hmm. If you 
have that suspicious. If you have the suspicious, I would say don't shop. Okay. Don't so use it. Would you advise people who are regular online shoppers in many different platforms to, for example, have a card that's like a prepaid card that's specific only for online transactions? They can do that. Okay. I, I would, so worst I would, case scenario, I something would happens. highly recommend okay. you do that. You don't use your ATM, your debit card, because your debit card has your savings, mm-hmm. has your salary, has everything in it. So it's better to have a specific separate card where you use it for online purchases. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Any other financial fraud? The other thing that maybe um, used to happen in the past um, about fake notes. Okay. Do we have that now a lot? Not really, but I I don't have the statistic to share with. Mm -hmm. But I would say, um, and this is a common thing that happened in the past, that if you are next to an ATM, or next to a place and people will ask you, do you have a change denominations, for example, of 50 note to 20 or 10? There might be the, there might be cases where uh, somebody has a fake note of 50 hmm. trying to sell it to you so that you give them a, a genuine note and you end up with a fake, fake note. So in that case, you just be careful how you deal with that situation. It's good that we... We always say that um, sharing is caring, uh, but not always, right? Is there a way to tell that this is fake money for the general public? I mean, there are uh, security patterns in every uh, note. That we would be able to see and tell as regular people. As a a public, there are few. Maybe you can can notice through the quality of the note, uh, the pictures, Hmm. the... um, the the line that it has okay the size and all of that but so we should make sure we know what a real note looks like and in case just make sure you're not exchanging fake notes yes, you should be able to tell. you should be able and the other thing i think this is a new habit that people have that whenever somebody gives you cash you don't count it or don't review it or don't see it right because it, it looks it looks like exactly. you know someone someone for example gives you an amount and like i've actually had someone tell me you don't trust me exactly and then i had to say straightforward no, like no i don't it's not it i has, don't know it you has, it has nothing to do with that but you you don't know maybe you end up you know end up uh, facilitating fake notes uh deals right hmm. if you receive that fund that fake note and then you exchange it with another individual then you're part of it unknowingly, unknowingly. right so you should be very careful on um, even this minor habit that we have of not uh, checking, not checking, and don't get offended. Like one thing I would say, don't get offended because they try to put you in a difficult spot. Exactly. But when they try to put you in a spot and you have the right to check the money you receive, you, receive. you should not feel awkward true, at all. True, I don't true, feel awkward saying true, it to someone's true. face. Like, so yes, I don't know you. If you are in a uh, petrol station and you're trying to pay through cash, not hmm. cards, for example, and they give you your change back just check them right whether they are genuine not genuine if you have a doubt or even sometimes like there's or less maybe you less exactly like sometimes what they would do is they give it to you in so many small notes Notes. like one real one real one real one real alpha you're like i'm not gonna count this this. yeah but this is a trick i've actually seen and then worst case scenario you don't have to get into a fight just tell them the money's missing true that's it true 
Uh, but this, yeah, this is a, a thing that I've seen even done with me, which is why I, for example, personally do check in. Sure, sure. I have the time to sit there and count. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah, we should have that habit. I mean, I know uh, it looks awkward that we say we count cash in front of people that. Um, I but this is a transaction that just this took is place. a transaction, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you might you might not be aware where this can lead you to, right? But if someone gets caught, for example, God forbid, I went somewhere and I actually had a fake note that I didn't know was fake. Yeah. The police comes and catches me with the fake note. Hmm. And I say, I swear, I don't know where this came from. True. Am I getting in trouble for this? You need to prove that, right? How do I prove? I don't even know it, it was with me in the so, first place. So the first thing that you need to prove where this amount you got from right mm-hmm. so that's the first question they're going to ask you and i'm sure according to their investigations and the way they'll they be able to tell for example they, they will be able to tell okay whether you were part of it or you're outside of it i mean we had a lot of cases i think in the country in the past um where people got involved into fake notes for example from petrol stations because okay yeah because what happens the, at the petrol pay. station, you don't check anything, right? So you just take the the, the amount and put it in, in your wallet. That's all. Okay. I'm scared to ask you if there is anything else because now I feel paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should not be. <laughs> like it's good for us to know. Exactly. You, know, you, should, be, you should be vigilant, careful. Taking your intense. precautions. Yeah. You, these are precautions. I mean, you, you need to be very careful in terms of dealing with others um in terms of financial even even for for applying a job let me give you an example oh god even even if you're applying for a job and we okay. have this famous uh platforms uh, like linkedin and other platforms mm-hmm. are very famous you should be very careful if this is this uh, job advertisement is a real job advertisement or or just a fake one okay yeah so the first thing that you need to do as a job seeker is validate whether this account that they're publishing jobs are genuine uh, accounts of LinkedIn, Hmm. whether they have published anything in the past, whether they have certain followers in their, um, you know, LinkedIn page, for example. So there are things that you need to be very careful uh, before sharing any details to them. You might end up sharing your sensitive details like your JSON, your email and other things, and they end up sending you phishing emails. Phishing and is the hacking emails that exactly. you click on? Exactly. Okay. So you, you, you end up clicking on or or malicious account, malicious links or it could be uh, any other spyware uh, tools that they can embed in that uh, document that they're going to send it to you. Okay. So you should be very careful in terms of sharing even your email your phone number because those are very sensitive details i'll give you example once i attended a conference and one of their uh, rules is when when the conference finished i have to complete an evaluation form and then the evaluation form includes email id i have to write my email id and my mobile number and there are certain personal questions in that so I said, why you need those information? How would you process those information? And okay. where are you going to send this information? Mm-hmm. Are you going to, because it could be, there, could, there could be a possibility of this information 
get sold to any marketing okay. marketing agency, right? For their advertisement. So you should be very careful where and to whom you share your details. Okay. Anything else? In terms of staying safe, in terms of anything else people should look out for? I think um, I would say um, have have your mobile, um, what's that, SMS, uh, email, notification, enabled all time. Review your transactions regularly. Um, never share details over uh, unauthorized uh, channels, including social media, because banks and telecom and any institutions won't ask you sensitive information like your card number, your CVV. Those are very secure numbers or your expiry date those mm. are very s- or otp for example um save um your don't save your details in the website that's one that you need to be careful and if you have uh, ended up losing your card for example just report it c- immediately to the bank and ensure that the card is blocked and immediately replaced with another one so that you try to you know reduce or control the damage that you maybe had in the past, like in terms of financial loss. Okay. Yeah. And don't fall for the invest 10 reals, get 5,000 tomorrow yeah, kind so of schemes. Yeah. So in that, um, for investment, in do your research. homework, do okay. your research, read, 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 I would say. Read, ask questions. Hmm. Ask questions to different people. Don't ask to the social media or to the people who are advertising it. Okay. Don't run about who is advertising it, whether he's an influencer, if he's a, a well-known. No, do your due diligence. Ask questions. Ask questions. And once you're asked questions, and if you're convinced, if you're not even, if you're halfly convinced, ask experts to help you out. You can ask financial advisors. You can ask banks if you if you're willing to, for investment, then go to the right uh, platform to okay. invest. Okay. Uh, don't run behind maybe just an, an advertisement of social media. Okay. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. I feel like I asked you all the questions I had, but I tried to ask the questions I think the audience would have as well. But honestly, like I had so many questions about this topic myself. But thank you for being open. Thank you for answering. Thank you for raising awareness. I, I believe you do this in regular. Um, I think you said you hold conferences, well, uh, workshops and something yeah. like that. Huh? Yeah, true. Yeah, and it's beneficial for people to actually attend that and learn because apparently there's so many ways we can, you know, like yeah. have our finances used against us or something like that. But, but we should be aware of all these true. different methods, especially the fact that new ones are coming out. True. Instead of getting paranoid, we just need to stay safe, Yanni. Sure. So thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Is there anything else you want to add? I think one of the other things that I would maybe like to share is that we have another scam that called money mule scam. Okay. And that happens when somebody receives or moves money that comes from victims of fraud. Let's say, for example... Um, somebody is asked to accept funds into their account mm-hmm. or ask, for example, if somebody asks you to share their account number, 
to share your account number okay so that they can send you funds mm -hmm. they send you funds and you don't know whether these funds are coming from legitimate sources or maybe from illegal sources like okay. fraud and then these funds are moved somewhere else so this is called mule mule um, money mule scam okay where the account that is used is used for facilitating movement of illegal funds okay so in this case people mm. has to be very careful in terms of um, allowing somebody to send them funds and sharing their accounts because sometimes we help people mm -hmm. if they don't have an account we say okay give me cash and i'm okay if you can send it to through the bank and um and then you can take it from my account to another account i can send it from my account to another account okay by accepting cash but you don't know where that cash this came from exactly whether these funds are coming from legitimate sources or illegal illegal sources okay so for example this is like i would come to you and say hey them i have 500 reals can i please transfer this to you or can i give you 500 reals cash and you transfer it to a specific bank account. So you're just the person in the middle who's doing the transaction. This could be as simple as you said, uh -huh. and it could be as complicated as somebody is trying to tell you that you won a prize, okay. but we'll send you half of that amount, and the other half you need to send it back to another person. So at the end, you will be gaining something, hmm. but unknowingly that these are... Uh, source of uh, illegal funds okay so this is the money mule exactly issue. so they, they're going to use that account mm. holder to facilitate the movement of funds so this is one of the things that people should be very careful about it because you don't you are not aware of the source right okay yeah if it comes from someone you know if you know the person and you know why they have sent you the money <coughs> and i'm sure that should be fine you should be aware why you receive the funds, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know the person. Ask them ask why. Them why they're. Why do you need me to send it? Exactly. If okay. they have an account, why are you getting involved into their transactions? Because if they have an account, they can send it themselves. So. Yeah. Okay.